Hello, my friend, and welcome back to another guest episode on the Mind and My Wellness podcast. If you've been following along on my hormone healing journey, you know that acne has been a huge struggle for me since coming off of hormonal birth control a year and a half ago. It took me nearly a year to really get started, really understanding the root cause of my acne, to then work to clear it up. As you can imagine, this left me feeling very, very self-conscious about my skin. So I wholeheartedly understand the seemingly hopeless feeling of not knowing why it's happening and what to do to fix it. That's why I'm so excited for today's episode where I got to sit down and chat with Danielle Gronich, also known as the Acne Guru, who is a licensed clinical esthetician the owner of San Diego Acne Clinic, and the co-founder, formulator, and CEO of ClearStem Skincare, the only toxin-free stem cell-based skincare line that uses premium ingredients to target acne, aging, DNA damage, and melasma. I personally started experiencing relief when I began getting treated at San Diego Acne Clinic, and I'm a religious user of ClearStem Skincare, which is why, as you can imagine, this episode was a goodie. So if you or someone you love struggles with adult acne, you're going to find this episode so helpful too. Now let's get onto the show. Welcome to the Mind and My Wellness podcast, your podcast for all things macros, movement, mindset, and everything in between. I'm your host, Danny Marenberg, an ex-yo-yo dieting cardio junkie turned sustainable nutrition coach who's helped over 1,000 women feel confident in their skin by learning how to eat for their goals without sacrificing a life well-lived. I created the Mind and My Wellness podcast to give you simple, effective, and manageable tips you can take away from each episode and implement in your daily life to look and feel like the best version of you. Each week, my guests and I teach you the secrets to mastering your health and owning your power. Nutrition, mindset, movement, and women's health are all topics you'll find here. Think of our time together as your productive little health break from the day. So grab your headphones, fill up your water, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Danielle, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Nowhere else I'd rather be right now. <laughs> well, I'm personally very excited to dive into all things skincare with you today. I have had a long road of my own skincare journey, and honestly, the information that you and your team has been putting out there is so, I think, important to continue to get out because it wasn't really until I started educating myself on the root cause of my acne that I was able to get to the bottom of it and really focus on clearing it up. Spent years and years money dollars on the traditional medical route. And so I'm sure we'll dive into some of that today, but I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you become so knowledgeable in skincare? Oh, yes. Uh, first of all, everyone's skin is a very, very long journey. <laughs> it feels like we're alone in it all the time, but it's more common than not that everyone goes through a very long, lengthy, emotionally fraught journey with their body, their health, their skin. So nobody is alone in that, even if they feel that way. So my journey has been 
particularly rocky. So acne is genetic. It definitely runs in families to varying degrees. And then environmental and lifestyle and dietary factors will trigger how bad it gets, right? So I had grade four cystic acne on both sides of my family. So I never stood a chance. And mine got so severe right when I went to college, actually. It's when I started like wearing makeup and, you know, partying and eating crappy dorm food, et cetera, et cetera. So um, mine was so, so bad. I wound up having to do Accutane three separate times over the course of my whole 20s. So the last round of Accutane, I was 28 and I was on it. And, you know, if you've ever done Accutane, you know, it's very hard to go through. You're peeling, you're uncomfortable, you're you're like kind of aware that you're like poisoning your body a little bit. So it's not a fun thing to go to. It's just a, a very much a last resort. So I had already done that twice. I was trying it again and the side effects were getting so bad that I had to stop like a month early because they were afraid my vision was going to be like permanently damaged. So, and as soon as I stopped, my acne came right back. So I was like, screw this. I'll figure it out myself. I happened to have a biology background. I studied biology, genetics, and immunology. So I have a very good understanding of the human body. And I've always loved knowing all the mechanisms of the human body. So I knew that I could figure the acne situation out. I just knew I didn't have the right information. So I found myself back in a school at night. I wound up having to go to esthetician school to get access to this sort of information and be able to take the classes and be able to just get access to info. And while I was there, I realized that treating acne was the medical profession I had always wanted when I was studying medicine back in the day, but that I didn't know existed. You know, I had decided to not become a dermatologist and not go to Western medicine school because I was disenchanted with our entire medical system. So while I was there, I was like, oh my God, it came full circle. Like everything I had wanted to study and wanted to be my career was now becoming possible in a way that felt resonant with me. So I started San Diego Acne Clinic about 10 years ago. After shadowing under a ton of other estheticians and skincare specialists and sponging up all of their knowledge, then I started San Diego Acne Clinic. And about maybe two years after that, I started Clear Stem Skincare with my co-founder, Kaylee, and she was also a clinic patient whose skin I healed. So it all just really unfolded in a really beautiful, organic way. That's amazing. I know Clear Stem is just blowing up, and I definitely want to touch on the products, because that's, I mean, I use clear stem religiously, the hydrating mask. I feel like I'm at a spa every night that I put that on. It's amazing, but that's truly amazing. I, I want to dive in more to, you mentioned Western medicine and going through Accutane. I know, I know people personally who have gone through Accutane. I haven't personally taken Accutane or gone through the Accutane process, but I, through many doctors were prescribed topicals and oral medications to help with my acne. My acne has been ongoing since I was in my adolescence, then went on birth control because of acne and it helped a little bit, but I'd still get flare-ups much like it sounds you genetic for me as well. So it's really interesting that sometimes there are things outside of our control, but I would love to dive into what we can control around acne, and also the piece about medicine and Accutane, which I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit too. But what can we control when it comes to acne? I love this question. There's so much that we can control, and it really starts with knowledge and awareness. So when I say that, it's 
knowledge around the triggers that are in our day-to-day life that we are not taught about, even by dermatologists, right? Because like you said, modern medicine, Western medicine is just a prescription writing funnel. They don't go over your products, your exfoliation, your diet, and not in a meaningful way, at least. You know, they get to see you for, what, 12 minutes, 15 minutes? And the whole time they're there, it's a specific playbook that they have to follow. You know, it's antibiotics, spironolactone, birth control, and when those don't work, then it's Accutane. That is the playbook, right? There's no education on root causes or anything like that. Even if it's hormonal, they'll be like, oh, well, you take this pill and you're like, but wait, why are my hormones off? And it's things that are in our day-to-day life, like... I'll start with vitamins, for example. Everyone's taking some sort of supplement, some sort of powder, some sort of green juice, some sort of, you know, multi, like everyone's taking something. There are certain vitamins that raise your testosterone. And the most common ones are B12, vitamin D, zinc, and then there's the adaptogens. Uh, Ashwagandha is a huge one right now. I'm seeing ashwagandha put in everything and it is known to raise testosterone. It's literally in testosterone boosting supplements, right? And that's important because hormonal acne, the biggest driver of that is generally testosterone or the male hormones. Obviously, if there's an imbalance, you know, the imbalance will will create inflammation. But when your testosterone surges, so does hormonal acne. Like it's very much a sure thing. So these vitamins, they're going to be in everything from like your energy drinks to your nootropics to your multivitamin, and it's a dosage thing. So vitamin D is really important, but, you know, most people are legitimately deficient. But when you take a high amount of it in supplement form with no end date, it stores up in your system because it's fat soluble and it can raise testosterone and that triggers hormonal acne around the mouth, like right where you'd have a goatee. So if you're taking above say 200% RDV of vitamin D and you have been for a while and you're getting acne around your mouth, it's probably from that. So interesting. I think it's really common that people, they see advertisements for, you know, whatever vitamin, multivitamin, probiotics. Would probiotics also fall into this or is that separate? No, probiotics don't really mess with your hormones like that. I'm a big, big fan of probiotics. That's a separate convo. But yeah, these particular vitamins, vitamin D, zinc, and B12, those are the most common ones that everyone's taking. And those are the ones that directly impact testosterone. B12 is the sneakiest one because it'll be put in obscenely high amounts. It'll be put in like, I've seen it up to 100,000% RDV. And it's like, it'll create gnarly hormonal acne all around the jaw, the lower face and jaw area. And then it'll go into the lymph on the neck. So I see that all the time. And it's if you're taking a B-complex or a focus blend or anything like that, check the amount of B12. Let's say someone's looking, they're taking B12. They're like, I don't even know how much I'm taking of this. What is the value over the daily value that would cause it? Is it like any bit over their recommended daily value that could trigger it? You know, this depends on people's methylation and whatever else they're eating. I say stay under 300% RDV just to be safe. Okay. If I take a supplement with B12 and it has more than, I'm extremely acne prone, so I won't even take it if it has more than like 100% RDV. Because when you're taking it in supplement form, it generally is like a quick burst of it. You know what I mean? It's not like a slow infusion from your food as it digests. So I would say for most people, stay under 300% RDV. And even that is like kind of high, higher than I would personally take. Okay. That's so interesting because for me on my, I mean, I've been on this whole hormone journey over the last year and a half. And 
I've been prescribed so many supplements over the course of a year and a half, but nobody, you know, I've told them about my acne. No one has brought up the acne triggers as it pertains to vitamins or supplements in there. So I had no idea about any of this. Yeah, it's not. That's because the information isn't packaged that way when people are learning it. It's if you're a naturopath and you're, you're a functional medicine person or what have you, you're learning broad strokes methods of healing like organ systems and bigger body processes. And those vitamins are extremely beneficial, but then it's when you get into the dosage conversation that it can then be too much and have an inflammation effect on acne. Yeah. How about nutrition? Because this is one that personally for me, there were triggers that I didn't even really put together until I actually started going to San Diego Acne Clinic and my first appointment, we sat down, we go into all of the nutrition and everything. And I'm like, whoa, I've never been asked this before as it pertains to skin. And that's when I was able to identify through some elimination that there were certain foods that were acne triggering foods for me. So what are some common foods that are considered acne triggering or can trigger acne for acne prone individuals? Love this question. The most obvious one that most people have heard before is dairy. And it is so, so, so true. Dairy is packed with insulin-like growth factor hormones, and it creates hormonal acne specifically around the mouth. And it'll pretty much affect you like within like 48 hours. So the good thing about that is that you can tell. And what you do if you're having dairy, and that includes whey protein, whey protein should not be anywhere in your house if you're acne prone. Like don't even look That's at me. it. Okay? That's yeah. me. I had to get rid of all my... Bodybuilders get really bad acne because they're all taking whey protein. Same thing with like teenage guys. Whey protein is just the gnarliest thing. And it, it is a sneaky filler agent in protein bars and packaged protein products. So read your labels. And if there's whey or milk protein isolate, do not have any. So dairy and whey is number one. And, you know, Greek yogurt is one that makes me kind of sad. Like Greek yogurt, I used to love Greek yogurt because it had so much protein and it's got so many benefits, but it does have the the IGFs, the insulin growth factor protein. So I, I personally just stay away from dairy. I mean, I might have like a bite here and there, but I make it really, really count. If you're having it regularly, it's going to work against you. So I just do like unsweetened coconut yogurt as a sub. Other dietary triggers, sugar, like when you have sugar, right? So when you wake up in the morning, the first thing most people go for is a coffee and they haven't eaten yet. So if you, unless you're drinking your coffee black, like an absolute savage, you're probably putting some sugar in it, right? So most people are having coffee with a little creamer. They're not thinking much of it, but you're basically just infusing yourself with sugar right away with no protein or fat to balance it out. And that causes a glucose spike. Couple that with the fact that it's with a stimulant like caffeine and it really is impactful. So right there, people are starting themselves off on an inflammatory cascade that they're trying to play catch up with throughout the rest of the day. So the solve for that is to, when you have your coffee in the morning, add a little bit of like really clean protein powder or bone broth protein or some healthy fat, like some walnut oil or, you know, MCT oil, if that's your jam, but have some protein and fat either mixed in with your coffee or prior to having it. Another solve for that too, that I think everyone should do is apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar, if you take it at least 15 minutes-ish before you have sugar, it can really curb the glucose spikes. So there's just ways to solve. To, you know, it's, it's having your coffee, but it's like doing some other stuff surrounding it that makes it not have a negative impact. I love that you bring up 
just your blood sugar and regulating blood sugar levels. Because whenever I have guests on my podcast, they always bring up something that I talk about this a lot, just in terms of curbing hunger and helping to prevent that afternoon slump. And so it's so interesting how these little practices can influence different parts of your journey. So in this case, helping with reducing acne. Yeah. Controlling blood sugar is huge. Absolutely huge. So yes, there's dairy, sugar, and staying in the low glycemic index is really important. That's a tool everyone can, you can just Google low glycemic index and tap the images button and it'll serve you up a bunch of charts that show you which foods are not going to spike your blood sugar, essentially. Like, for example, snacking on apples is very different than snacking on dates. You know, so that's where the low glycemic index can really help people pinpoint which foods to snack on and which to make the cornerstones of their diet. So summarizing the dietary triggers for acne, dairy, sugar, and then the next one is eggs. That's the sneaky one that most people are mind blown by. But eggs are actually one of the top six allergens. And there's the protein specifically in the egg white, the albumin protein, that's very hard for us to digest. And that piles up in our system basically and taxes our lymphatic system. So if you're having eggs more than once a week and you're breaking out in your cheeks or like anywhere on your lower face, but mainly like right in the middle of your cheeks, that can be from the eggs. And it's it's one of those types of breakouts where it's coming from so deep within that it's like red, it's like inflamed, and it doesn't look like it's from a product. It's very localized. You know what I mean? It's like right in the, the main lymphatic pathways in your face. So eggs are a huge trigger for people. If you're eating eggs frequently, I say cut them out for a month to six weeks, see what the reduction in acne looks like. And then if you're like, okay, this was my trigger. Can I never have eggs again? Well, no. Then you have eggs like once a week and you see how your skin does. It's about the quantity of egg white protein specifically that messes with people. That's really interesting too, because I know you've talked about this before. It's Not necessarily that you can't have egg whites. I actually fall into this category. It's egg whites for me too. Egg whites, whey protein, and I think dark chocolate, which is so sad. I know. But I've heard you mention that there's, it's, it's not necessarily that you can't have them. It's that there's a threshold. Can you touch on that just a little bit? Yeah. So with any of these things that are known triggers, you want to do an elimination diet. Like dairy, you're going to cut that out. You'll see a difference in your chin your like chin and mouth acne for sure. And you'll, you know, you get to a point where in assuming that you're on the right skincare regimen and everything too, it should be clearing up. Then you will have dairy again and you're, you pay attention to what your skin does over the next like two days. You can just like pay really close attention to those pores. Like, do you see anything popping up? Like then you get to really know your unique threshold. You might be able to have dairy and it might be situational with your cycle too. Like if you're about to PMS, it's going to affect you. If it's like day one of your period and your flow has started, that's when estrogen's generally rising back again. You might find that you're, you can do no wrong during that week. So everyone's got a little bit of a different cycle of like tolerance, but it really is just about testing and being aware of what you're looking for. Eggs take longer to get out of your system because they're bothering the lymphatic system. So you would do an elimination diet for eggs for, you know, call it four to six weeks. And then have them at brunch one day and then pay attention over the next few days to see if anything happens. And then you just kind of go from there. I hope you're loving today's episode. 
I wanted to quickly interrupt to share with you something that I only wish I knew years ago on my health journey that changed everything for me. I was the girl who had tried every diet under the sun, worked out seven days a week, yet was constantly left feeling disappointed that all my hard work and time wasn't paying off. Can you relate? If the answer is yes, then my free training, Three Steps to Transform Your Body with Macros, is just for you. In this training, I share the secrets to leveraging your metabolism to lose fat without restriction, eliminating the foods you love, or sacrificing a life well-lived. So if you're ready to say so long to yo-yo dieting and kick low-calorie diets to the curb, you're not going to want to miss this free training. Head on over to mindedmymacros.com forward slash free training to register today. Or you can head on over to my show notes to find the link. I hope to see you there. All right, now back to the episode. Question for you on your breakfast, because it sounds like you do focus on getting in some protein because you're regulating blood sugar levels. What does your typical breakfast look like? I don't eat breakfast breakfast. I wake up, I do apple cider vinegar and a bunch of water, and then I will do... I keep turkey slices in the fridge, turkey and avocado. So I'll do like a little turkey slice, with like some smeared avocado and then some seasoning on it and just like roll that up and have it. And then that's some protein and fat and then love it. Have whatever you want. I mix it up too. Sometimes I'll do unsweetened yogurt with like flax or chia seeds, just anything that has like fat or protein. I always get this question when I've posted that I don't eat egg whites anymore or eggs in general. They're like, well, what do you eat for breakfast? And I'm like, I've been getting creative with it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I love the chia seed. Chia pudding yeah. is great. You can doctor it up however you want. Avocado toast with sourdough or gluten-free bread. A no-egg scramble. You can saute some vegetables and some organic sausage. Like there's a lot of things you can have for breakfast. And the good news is that bacon is still okay. Oh, yeah. That is good news. <laughs> awesome. Any other food triggers common food triggers or ones that you've seen throughout your practice? Gluten can be a huge one for some people, especially if they tend toward anything with autoimmune. So if you've got like maybe IBS or other skin conditions, if you feel like your immune system is really sensitive, gluten is going to destabilize the whole thing and it will show up in your skin. So gluten is a really big trigger for, I would say about 30 to 40% of people. I can eat gluten. It doesn't bother me. But if I have dairy, for sure the next day. So everyone's a little different with gluten and people who have any sort of immunocompromisation or just they're just sensitive, I would say avoid gluten as well as much as possible. Okay. Very interesting. Gluten across the board. Everyone is just saying that there are definitely some consequences for some people with gluten. I've had to take gluten out of my diet too. I think I must be sensitive to gluten because immediately my skin started clearing up. I was doing each individual thing, just kind of like eliminating one at a time versus just doing like a cold turkey elimination diet. And those are the ones that I've, I've noticed have made the biggest impact for me. Definitely. And, and all this stuff is genetic too. I mean, I, I don't process alcohol well, like alcohol is like a fire alarm toxin from my body. So I have to be really careful with that, but like gluten, I'm okay on, I have the enzymes that help break it down, but a lot of this stuff is so bio-individual. So really just becoming 
aware and focusing and making it a game because a lot of this can just feel so overwhelming for people like oh I can't have eggs I can't have this what am I going to do for breakfast oh my god my life is ruined like doesn't need to be that way think of it as a game like if you're whatever you're having the most of eliminate that for now and see what happens but give it the proper amount of time to you know conduct a meaningful test like it has to be for a month it can't just be like well, I'll reduce it. I'll think about reducing it. No, that's not going to work. You have to do an actual test, make it a game and focus on doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. What about in our products, in our day-to-day products at home, what we're putting on our face, any ingredients and products that can be acne triggering? Totally. So almost every single person that comes in to San Diego Acne Clinic, and you went through this too, you bring in everything that you're using or photos of the ingredients. And that's what we spend you know, essentially that 90 minute appointment that we do for the first timers, like half of that is just going through your products. Checking for pore clogging ingredients is the number one thing that everyone must do if they are going to get control of their skin. Because most people's issues are coming mainly externally, like internal is a huge part of it. But I've yet to meet a client who was using products that weren't contributing to the congestion. So we actually have that function on ClearStem's website, the pore clogging ingredients checker, where you just copy and paste your ingredient deck into it. And it'll tell you if there's a pore clogging ingredient, because you can have the most perfect diet ever and the happiest hormones ever. But if your makeup still has ethyl hexyl palmitate or your lotion still has, you know, coconut oil in it, you're still going to break out and you'll just think it's hormonal because it gets worse around your period, but it'll be from the pore clogging ingredients, irritating your pores. What are some of the top ingredients that you see most often contributing to clogging pores? Yeah. So the natural ones are coconut oil and shea butter. Oh, shea butter. And that's in a lot of lotions. It's in a ton of lotions and a ton of hair products as well. So shea butter is pore clogging. So in the natural category of products, the natural and organic stuff, they can still totally break you out. Organic has nothing to do with acne safe, like at all. So coconut oil, shea butter, and then algae and seaweed derivatives those are going to be in your seemingly more natural and seemingly safe products. And then in the, all the other ones, there's chemicals like ethyl hexyl palmitate, isopropyl myristate, satirith 20. These are all just chemical names that you shouldn't bother trying to memorize. Just check them against the pore clogging ingredients checker. And then you'll know what's causing the problem in your routine. Because say you have your whole skincare routine and you don't know what's causing the problem. You could try switching out a moisturizer, but if the problem is your makeup, you're not going to see much of a difference. So that's why it's really important to know what you need to solve for. Question for you in terms of like, I'm thinking of the Sephora, you know, clean beauty section. Would you consider if you're thinking clean beauty, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not pore clogging, right? It means nothing. It has nothing to do with acne. Okay. Clean is more referring to toxins and hormone disruptors. So if I were to go into that section I can't think that I'm just looking at non-pore clogging ingredients, essentially. Not at all. It's a total like false sense of security, a false assumption around that. But I see that all the time. It, it can be hard because it's like as a consumer, you're like, okay, I think I know what I'm looking for. But these words, they mean different things to different companies even. Yeah. Okay. I want to segue a little bit into Accutane. You brought up Accutane. I know you've personally gone through Accutane. I know a lot of my listeners have or are going through Accutane for similar reasons. Tell me a little bit about like what is Accutane doing? And if someone is on Accutane or they're on any sort of topical or prescription that they're listening to this and they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I want to 
take a different route, what are some recommendations that you have for them? Number one, check for pore clogging ingredients in your skincare because you can do Accutane and then the acne will come right back if you're using the stuff that was causing it in the first place. So before you put your body through something that gnarly, make sure you are not going to re-trigger at the moment you stop taking it. So checking for pore clogging ingredients is number one. Um, Our hormonal acne supplement called Mind Body Skin is meant to be an alternative for people that don't want to do the toxic pharmaceutical route. So that actually starts working in like less than a week. So for people that are like desperate for relief, get Mind Body Skin and it will be incredibly helpful. That one's a, a total game changer for people as far as the internal triggers. But checking for pore cloggers, getting mind, body, skin, and then looking at your diet, that's the starting point. And that's, you're going to have to do that anyway, because if you don't address those things, your acne is just going to come right back and you're just going to be more devastated. So you might as well just do it now. How about getting to the root cause of acne? Are there any sort of labs that you would recommend or any just recommendations in general that you can give to individuals who feel very lost on their acne journey in terms of, you know, how to get to the root cause of it. There's root causes. If you think something's going on internally, you want to get some blood work done. And unfortunately, our medical system doesn't really allow doctors to run all of the labs that would be ideal to run because they're expensive and the insurance companies won't pay for it. So we actually created an acne lab panel that we just launched and we basically have made it very affordable for people to basically set up for the lab panel. You go give blood at like a lab core or whatever is near you. And then it gets analyzed by our blood work team. And you'll get a, you know, an outlay of what exactly is going on. And it could be digestion. It could be cortisol. It could be leaky gut, perhaps things that don't really get tested for in a traditional dermatologist's office. So you'll get more accurate guidance on what exactly is off and then the right supplements and lifestyle changes to start correcting those. So it's basically a naturopath that's more easy to to get and more accessible and a lot less expensive. That's amazing. I saw that you had recently. Is that something that's new? Did you recently launch that? We just officially launched it about a week ago. It's been in the works for several months though. Amazing. That's so exciting because a lot of my audience, what I like to do is I kind of like to bridge this gap of like, you know, I've had to do a lot of my own self-advocation on behalf of my health. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of research to figure out, okay, well, who am I supposed to talk to for this issue? And then you talk to these different people and it's nice to have one go-to resource. So something like this to be able to go say, okay, give me, you know, what could be causing this, what could be the root of this, but in an accessible way to your point. That's amazing. That's awesome. Before we wrap this up, I did ask my audience a couple questions for you. And so I want to dive into those. Number one, how would you go off any acne creams or medications? Would you go cold turkey or would you wean yourself off? Medications and creams are kind of a different question. So if you're on a medication just for your acne, you can probably just wean yourself off because then you're talking about spironolactone and antibiotics. And if you, if those aren't working for you, then yeah, I would say just stop taking them. If you're taking them for another health reason, obviously don't. But if it's just for your skin and it's not working, I think you can just stop taking it, especially with the antibiotics. For like creams and medications, what you want to do is switch to a regimen that's a little more like effective for what you're trying to do. 
So if you're like just on tretinoin and it's just, you know, blowing up your skin, you're red, you're irritated, you're flaky, and it's not working, yeah, just stop taking it. It's not agreeing with you. And that's what we see most of the time with that, unfortunately. So I would say stop taking them. Um, If you're on, say, spironolactone and you want to transition to mind-body skin, I have seen when people alternate days and for like, you know, 10 days or two weeks and then they transition to mind-body skin, that's when they have the best results. You wouldn't want to double up, for example. And then as far as the skincare regimen, getting on the ClearSem Clear Kit is going to cover all your bases. Okay, great. I do want to touch on the, the products as well here at the end. But question number two, best ways to promote healthy, clear skin coming off of hormonal birth control? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, definitely supporting your liver. And and I love like liver juice from like Organic Olivia and like herbs like dandelion and milk thistle. Those are fantastic. So supporting, I would say preparing, preparing to be for your body to go through a little bit of a change. I would say dial in your exercise, like the amount that you sweat so you can, your body can start getting to its new normal a little bit quicker, making sure that you've eliminated all the other triggers for sure. Because if you're using pore clogging ingredients and the birth control was just like kind of taking the batteries out of the smoke alarm, then it's going to be really bad once you stop the birth control. So make sure you, you, all the things that were causing your acne, making sure you get rid of those first and foremost. And last question, I'm 24 and have acne for the first time in my life. Where do I even start to clear it up? And I think you kind of teed this up right before this. So where should this individual start? They should take our quiz on the ClearStem website because it'll ask them about their vitamins, their diet. It'll give them the foundational knowledge that they really, really need. And then checking the products for pore cloggers as well. You can do that on the site. But definitely start with the skin quiz. It gives people the foundational knowledge. Great. So I am a religious ClearStem user. I have, I think, every single product and I use them morning and night. I would love for you to kind of give us a little synopsis of what is the differentiating factor between clear stem and other even clean, clean, quote unquote, as we know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but clean products out there, skincare products. Yeah. So clear stem, we formulate to be anti-aging and anti-acne and clean all at the same time. Normally those categories cancel each other out. Like if something is anti-aging, it's probably going to break you out. If something is anti-acne, it's going to dry you out and make you age faster. That was the whole problem with the skincare landscape as we saw it. So all of our formulas are anti-aging and anti-acne at the same time. There are things that will not break you out, but that will also stimulate collagen, things that will smooth your skin and also brighten it. They're just multifunctional formulas that do several jobs in one. But the main one is that it will not break you out and it will help heal your collagen. So if it's it's helping with your acne scars, it's also going to help prevent wrinkles because we use things like stem cells and bakuchiol and other collagen stimulating ingredients. We avoid the drying things like benzoyl peroxide, for example. That's what makes us different than other acne products. And then we try to, we avoid all known toxins that we possibly can. There's no parabens or sulfates or any, you know, weird dyes or anything like that in our products. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know that this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart because as soon as I started learning more about my products, what the ingredients were in there, the foods I were eating that were contributing to my acne, it has made such a game changer. And ultimately it's really helped my self-confidence because your face, you're, you know, you're out there and it can be very 
discouraging when you're struggling with acne. So thank you so much for being here. Where can my listeners find you? Definitely. So at clearstemskincare.com is our Instagram. And then mine is Danielle, the acne guru. And if you're in San Diego or Southern California, try to come into San Diego acne clinic because that's where you're really going to get the in-depth transformational type experience because we do custom treatments and, you know, all the good stuff that people really, really want. So if you are not local, go to clearstemskincare.com, take the skin quiz, get started there. Yeah. Clear Stem Skincare across all social handles. And then my personal, yeah, Danielle, the acne guru. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You're wonderful. Appreciate you. If after listening to this episode, you want to give Clear Stem Skincare a try for yourself, I've got a special discount for you. If you use the code MINDEDMYMACROS at checkout, you'll get 15% off. I absolutely love their products. I use them morning and night, and I'm so excited for you to give them a try too. That's code MINDEDMYMACROS at checkout, and I'll also link it down for you in the show notes. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I love hearing from you. So shoot me a DM over on Instagram at mind and my macros to keep the combo going. If you've learned anything from this episode or any of my past episodes, I'd really love it. If you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review on Apple podcasts or Spotify, I love hearing what you've learned or what you've taken away from any of these episodes. It means so much to me when you do that. And if you have any friends, you know, that need a little help kicking some old dieting mentalities to the curb and want some simple, effective, and sustainable tips to feel their best, share a link to this episode with them. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.